This is the Fade You Podcast. Tonight is Thursday, September 17th. My name is Matthew James, and sitting directly to my left on my couch is Kmart. Boston sucks. And he will probably bet Boston again game three and will lose Fade in the Miami Heat again. But it's all good. I'm a stubborn fuck. It's all good. He is a stubborn piece of shit. Uh, and this guy's just a piece of shit. Chris Duke. <laughs> we were all pieces of shit. Just like OBJ. Oh, yeah. you know, shit. We uh, love it on our chest. <laughs> We're off to a great start because we just got a backdoor cover by the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, baby. Now, full disclosure, I told Kyle I absolutely wanted no part of betting this game. And I, even when they were down in the first half by seven points or whatever, I think it was 14 to 3 and then 21 to 10. And I said, Kyle, let the record show. I wanted no part of this. And he said, I know. And then, I mean, the Browns just kept scoring in the red zone every single time. Literally did not kick a field goal. But then, Chris, you saw what happened. Cleveland scores. Oh, man. Five minutes. You know who didn't. You know who did want part of this game? Who's the opposite of you, Matt? Denny Den Den. <laughs> oh, it, it was it was you. We said it. It's a textbook backdoor situation. Brown score. What did they go up? Twelve or some twelve? Yeah, they went up twelve. Four between four and five minutes left. Plenty of time to work it downfield. Kyle Joe Burrow just. They're five for five on fourth downs in the game. And it was just beautiful to see. Just couldn't get I, I love it. One thing I didn't get right was my uh Burrow to AJ Green connection. I called that for the cover and uh just off his left hand. Chris, tough to know what yeah. the right, tough to know what the right side of this one was. On one hand, it's definitely an anomaly for the Browns to score five touchdowns and kick no field goals. I mean, I don't know that this is a red zone offense that you're going to want to trust on a regular basis throughout the season. On the other hand, if you're a Browns better, you got backdoored in the final minute. So maybe the Browns was probably the right side, but when you're laying six points with a team like Cleveland, you always have to be aware that you might get backdoored. And we just, we saw it happen exactly like that. For sure. We know how, you know, potent their offense and their running game is supposed to be. We saw it. They had a ton of yards on the ground over, like, I think 220 or something, 216. We knew they'd run all over them with the lack of the defensive line on Cincy. Uh, and, you know, we knew they'd put up points, but we didn't know what the Bengals would do, especially after seeing what they did against the Chargers. So, But like you said, there's teams you do feel comfortable laying points with, and obviously we know those teams, you know, the Chiefs mm-hmm. and the – the Ravens of the league. And then there's those teams where you just do not feel comfortable laying with. And obviously Browns are one of them. Absolutely. So last thoughts on this game, Chris, you idiot. You wanted me to bet the under two minutes before this game started. Yeah, we we're, we we're off on the under. I, I yeah, thought a little that bit. it was just going like to be, yeah, I thought maybe, you know, they, they I thought it'd be close like it was, you know, we figured, you know, it would be a close game. I didn't know that they'd be just rattling off uh, 
like that. Obviously, we saw that uh, that Browns game went under game one somehow. It snuck under against the Ravens, and so did you know uh, Chargers Bengals too. So you figured it'd, it'd be a defensive battle, but uh, wow, these offenses just just really uh, Joe Burrow. Look at him. We got to think about that when we're thinking about betting on Joe that he can he can take the team down the field and cover that back door for us. And then, Kyle, last thing, do you see any possible value going forward? Maybe not as the season gets too deep, but at least early season here on these Thursday night games, maybe going over. We saw some very generous defensive play today. You know, these guys just got hit on Sunday. They're tired. Their depth is being tested. Uh, Guys are banged up because of no training camp. You see maybe value on – some overs on Thursday? Yeah, I think the trend on Thursday games is over um, since they brought this in. I think it hits over 60%. Uh, I don't remember. I know we were looking at it last year. Um, it's kind of why we we're wary playing a Thursday night game in the Super Contest just because you just don't really know what you're going to get on three days rest. Um, you know, and you kind of saw that today. I mean, both teams don't, aren't really known for defense, but – I mean, both offenses look like they were juggernauts tonight, which we also know isn't the case. So I definitely think uh, there's value on on the over, especially if it's uh, starting to get beat on the under. Um, you know, get that line value there because, I mean, it's still a phys- physical game, uh, especially even more without training camp because getting hit the first time, I mean, it's not going to feel good. Chris, I keep saying last thing, but it, things keep coming into my head. <laughs> Possible value fading Cleveland next week. People are going to be on them because of this mini buy extra rest. Uh, Cincinnati's defense really made Baker Mayfield look like a Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, Newsflash, he's not. So you might get off of this offensive production from Cleveland. You might get some maybe inflated public recency bias on them next week that we could look to possibly fade. Yeah, for sure. They're going to – well – fuck they're gonna no matter what have you know a ton of people in their corner what do they they play the the uh washington football skins i think so uh they're gonna be favored to f and everyone's probably gonna look and see how great they played and it's obviously gonna depend on what washington does against the cardinals this week but yeah obviously if uh they come out and lay a dud everyone and their mom's gonna say well give me the Browns at home against them. So yeah, we could see if they uh, get super inflated. Well, the look ahead on that, uh, that is the football team at the Browns is five and a half. So good offensive showing from Cleveland. If Washington shits the bed, I could see that being maybe a six and a half. Uh, And then, you know, we'll see if people, these sharps who said, you know what, I want to fade a Joe Burrow on a short week because he's a rookie. Like, nice take, you idiot. Uh, We'll see if they want to lay six, six and a half with the Browns again. Uh, But that's next week. We're going to keep going on this week. Chris, a few minutes ago, you mentioned teams that you don't want to be laying points with near near six, near six and a half. Uh, One of those teams is probably MVP Mitch and the Chicago Bears. And we didn't talk about that. We – I have mild – interest in taking the dog in this one I've gone back and forth on this Bears Giants game a lot uh Kyle I want to know what your thoughts are on this one 
I mean, Bears Giants. I don't really know what we're gonna get out of it. I would, I would lean taking the Giants because it's kind of like tonight. I don't really know why, why the Bears are favored, uh, especially by that much. Um, but the Giants. I mean, we saw. No, they played a very superior team on Monday night, but. For Barkley to go 15 carries for six yards, I mean, there's problems with that offensive line. Um, I mean, they hung in there, but they're not going to be competitive if they can't run the rock, if they can't protect Daniel Jones. Uh, Their bright spot is Darius Slayton. That guy looks like he's going to be a number one receiver in no time, just always making plays, finding the end zone twice already this season. And... um, yeah, this this is a game for me that I'm uh, I'm just passing. Chris, we're absolutely not laying points with Chicago. I know I've heard some sharp guys this week say that they're interested in doing so because the Giants have no offensive line, no run blocking ability, a turnover prone QB, and you know this is one where there's no home field edge here for the Bears. You do have the Giants coming in, and You know, I've heard some people say they want to lay the points with Chicago, but I've heard some people say they're willing to take the points with the Giants because they had multiple opportunities to cover that game against the Steelers. I mean, they didn't look terrible. And like Kyle said, they got absolutely nothing from Barkley and still could have found ways to maybe cover that game. What's your level of interest in the G-men here? Uh, There's a little interest. Like you said, I'd probably be interested in looking at taking the points just because uh, I think like we've talked about before, you, you've got to look at those teams that are getting points one week and all of a sudden they go from two, three point dogs to a five, six point favorite. Like, does that really, did the bears play to warrant that flip that all of a sudden they deserve to be almost a touchdown uh, favorite? I I don't think so. Um, Obviously the giants, look like shit like just from the final score and you'll see how they let you know Ben throw all over them but you know like we said Matt this is overreaction Tuesday or I mean week two and it's you know a lot of people are just gonna simply take the Bears because they saw what they did at the end of that game well they came back which they still should have lost and then they'll say oh the Giants got their ass kicked so I'd be very careful laying those points and and I'd consider taking it with you guys. Kyle, if I'm going to lay points on a team like Chicago, I want to know that that team is going to be able to close out a game and not get backdoored. And I just don't see the Bears having the running game to be able to pull away from this team, keep them off the field so that the Giants are put away in the fourth quarter. I just don't know that I see that. Um I just think what would have to happen for the Bears to cover the spread? I mean, they'd have to play perfect. Uh, Trubisky would have to play all four quarters, not just the fourth. Um, I mean, the defense kept a minute, I guess. But, I mean, they were a DeAndre Swift drop away yeah. from, you know, losing that game. So, I mean, you get, it's kind of like tonight's game. You know, that, that spread just leaves that back door wide open. So the Bears could win. You know, I wouldn't – I don't even know if I'd be comfortable laying four with them. Uh, I'd be comfortable probably 
I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather I'd rather play the Giants with a gun to my head. But uh, you know, if you were to take the Bears, I'd be very wary of of that backdoor situation because I think they have it. injuries uh, with Montgomery with his groin. I'm not sure where that's at. Uh, they got Allen Robinson who says he's happier now, but someone asked for a trade. He's, there's just too much shit going on in that organization right now to trust on the cover of six point spread. It's a defense living off its reputation from two years ago that clearly is not at that level. And Chris, the last thing on this one, I mean, that Chicago Detroit game the other day was two different games, the first three quarters and the fourth quarter. And the bears were getting thoroughly dominated by the lions. I mean, they were two for 11 in the game on third down. I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter. The Lions just kind of lions it. I think the Lions lost that game, and I don't know if the Bears actually came back I think and it's won it. because they kicked a 55-yard field goal with five minutes left yeah. up 10 and turned the ball over, and they went down and scored. Yeah, as Lombardi says. That's why like kicking is for fucking losers. <laughs> yeah, shout out John Murray. Uh, so, Chris, I mean – Shout out John Murray. That's why the Bengals won. Look at them going for it on fourth. Look at them successful, successful – Get the back door. Let's go. How interested would you be in making this one of our five, Chris? Um, you know, mild. I, mild. I rely on you guys. I mean, you see that I'm sure what you know most people are going to want to let, especially the Bears are a very, very popular team with the public being Chicago. And, um, I mean, it's just textbook. I mean, it's just a textbook, stinky, no way giants look like shit. Bears are tough kind of play for us. So, I mean, I'd put it in, I'd put it lukewarm. If you guys are ready to fire, I will be too. But I think I have another, uh, NFC North team that I'm looking at too. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Um, I mean, kind of narrows it down. There's only a couple left. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions. And is that is that your NFC North team, Chris? Yeah, Daddy. Okay, give it give it to us. Let's hear it. I mean, uh, I mean, if there was a sanitation waste management special, this might be it. So, I mean, division dog catching almost a touchdown. Um, I mean, everyone and their mom says, man, Rogers looked so good against a, you know, a, a lacking Vikings defense. And the only thing that holds me back is what you guys were talking about earlier is, is, are the lions hurting on defense? That's the only thing. Well, the answer is yes. And that yes is they're hurting in the wrong place against Aaron Rodgers. Now I'm looking forward to the time when I can fade green Bay and I just don't think this is it because we just saw Rodgers pick apart a young Viking secondary that clearly needed a training camp to get things figured out. And Kmart, I mean, we have cluster injuries in the Lions secondary, and that is not what you want yeah. going up against Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, they're already out there starting nickelback, and usually that's the player that's going to guard the the receiver in the slot and I mean just look at look at what the Packers have going for him they got Adams who lines up wide 
also known to go up in that slot. They got Alan Lazard, who's coming into his own. And Marcus Valdez scantling who finally had himself a decent game and look, looking like he might be uh, what they drafted him for. Not to mention Aaron Jones in the backfield instead of play action. It's uh, it's not something um, that's enticing with an with an injured secondary. Um, I do. I I would rather play Lions plus six than uh, than the previous game we were talking about. But I mean, this isn't. I don't think, as Matt was saying, this is not the week to fade, Mister. I got a chip on my shoulder, Rogers. Yeah, Chris, it's tough because the Lions did play the Packers really tough last season, got really screwed out of a game with those multiple hands-to-the-face penalties. We know they can keep pace with and hang in with Rodgers. I just don't know if they can hold them off enough times on defense with this injured secondary. And so I think after thinking about this one more, I'm off this. Um, I just I could see this being a lot like that Minnesota game where – Green Bay is able to just keep firing over and over and over again. And I I know the public is going to take Green Bay. I get that. Detroit's a sharp play. But I kind of want to just ignore it. I definitely am not laying with Green Bay, but I'm much more hesitant to lay with Detroit given their injury situation. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and it's one of the most I think I'm looking at, and it's one of the most lopsided um, games. I mean, we're talking about last game, the New York. I think that's like – closer to like 50-50 or 60-40, but this one looks like it's like 75-25 or even 80-20 with everyone, and and the line just hasn't moved that much. You'd think they'd move it more. Like, why aren't they moving it more if everyone's on Green Bay? But so, but I agree with you. So that's one that, that I was liking, but now I'm leaning toward passing. Here's one that I was leaning towards passing, but now I'm starting to like more and more. Uh, Speaking of public backing Chris you said it on Monday Minnesota was going to be the square dog of the week and that's certainly what it looks like and everybody is taking Minnesota people we know are taking Mike Zimmer off a loss because he has a very good ATS record off a loss I mean Mike Zimmer is a good coach we all know that but everyone has bailed on the Colts and I don't think the Colts played as bad as that final score indicates last week. Uh, They had some really inopportune turnovers, yet they still outgained the Jags by like 200 yards, had like 10 more first downs than them. I I just don't think that was as much of a face plan as people think. So with everyone bailing on the Colts and taking the underdog Vikings, Kyle, I'm I'm very interested in Indianapolis right now. Yeah, I mean, we, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, we are watching Boston blow another five-point lead with a few minutes left. But, um, I mean, the Colts, they, they could have easily won the last game by 10. Just so many miscues, as Matt was saying. Not kicking field goals, going for it. Not getting the fourth down conversion. So, as Chris was saying, you know, it, it doesn't always pay to go for it. But you at least, you know, don't look like a bitch. But, I mean, <laughs> Everyone is jumping ship on the Colts. I mean, Phillip Rivers was very effective, 36 for 46 for 350-some-odd yards. He had two interceptions. One wasn't really his fault. The second one was classic Phillip. Um, They still have a dangerous offensive line. We're going to be seeing a bunch of Jonathan Taylor. And I just – 
you know, I think it's going to be a big, a uh, big bounce back for the Colts. I don't think people realize that as Matt was saying, this isn't the same Vikings team that beat the saints in the playoffs. This defense is terrible. This team could be in the bottom five of the NFL this year. I mean, they're that bad. They still have cousins, but they lost digs. They have, I don't think their offensive line is that good. They still have Dalvin Cook, but without a great line, he's not going to be able to run rampant. Not going to be able to use Cousins off play action, which is where he's most uh, dangerous. And their defense can't can't keep them in games for him this year. So this could turn into an absolute blowout, not even a shootout, because I don't see uh, I don't see Minnesota being able to keep up with them. I mean, they tried with Green Bay, and it was just kind of prevent defense BS that or making people say, oh, they can put up points, they can put up points. But it's – look at the score going into the fourth quarter. That's not the case. Um, I think the play here is on the Colts. Now, Chris, I know you're pretty anti-River. Yeah. So what would be your comeback against that? No. Um, I told Riley, our, one of our freckled fake uh, you uh, fluffers that we have here, and uh, I likes to help us um, pick through the riffraff. And I told him – you just got to, over the years, you just got to know when to back rivers and when to not. And last week, Lang was one of those times maybe it's not. And now when everyone doesn't think he's going to perform, it probably is. And this is what I'm going to phrase as a reverse poopy line, as in usually the dogs are smell like poop. But this is one where the favorite absolutely smells like poop. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, 76% or 70 something percent are on Vikings and this line I mean every contest left it three they didn't move it one bit everyone and their mom is on Vikings like Kmart said this is not the same I think they think it's the same Vikings D and I mean this is just smells like absolute shit and it's yeah absolutely Colts or no play and I don't even care if the Vikings cover, I'm just not going to get caught backing a 70% dog. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, that secondary is not going to get fixed in a week. They're going to need September. They're going to need practice time to get these guys locked in and against a veteran quarterback, you know, these people that are betting on Zimmer, I think you're betting on the wrong coach. I mean, Frank Reich has a pretty good mark as well. Um, his Colts teams have been known for being effective on third down. And as long as rivers doesn't blow it and uh, hopefully we see the Jonathan Taylor breakout game. And th- this is definitely one in high consideration for us. So we're going to talk about a few more games, but we're going to take a quick break to talk about anchor the site, hosting our podcast for us and uh, letting us share all these picks with you guys. So we'll be right back. All right. A couple more games that I think we had some mild interest in, uh, Broncos and Steelers. I was a little surprised to see this line as high as seven. Uh, I think most people with eyeballs probably came away from that Monday night game thinking that Denver actually didn't look half bad. Uh, They had multiple chances in the fourth quarter to put that game away and kind of failed to do so um, with a, a three and out. And then one where they only picked up a first down and gave it right back to Tennessee now, Kyle, I do see some potential issues with A.J. Boye being out for Denver, definitely banged up on defense, still trying to adjust to Novon Miller. 
But, I mean, with Cortland Sutton being kind of questionable, I don't know how much that matters because their offense looked okay. Now, they are going up against great Steelers defense, but make the case here for your donkeys. Oh, Denver donkeys. Uh, you know, missing Vaughn Miller is obviously going to be a huge piece, but, I mean, they have been here before, unfortunately, for them. Um, we saw – I mean, look at last week, not to overreact, but you gotta you got to respect the way they hung in there. Um, against the Titans offense who still has some weapons that kept Brown in check. Corey Davis had a pretty good game. Uh, apart from that last uh, last series, they really held Derrick uh, Henry in check as well. Um, you know, I thought it was something, you know, for the first game, I know we kind of bet more on the altitude, but both teams still have to go through that. And you know, they, they, they dug deep. Uh, they came up a little short, but they got us the cover at least. But offensively, uh, Judy had a huge drop, but he is one of the best route runners um, probably in the league even right now. Just very crisp, precise. Not only can he run precision routes, but he has 4-4 speed to back it up as well. And you put that combination and it's it's breakout potential. Um so, I mean, if you, if they can get Sutton back and if they can get K.J. Hamler, who would play the slot, this offense with Ingram and when Lindsey is able to come back, I mean, you can just hear how many injuries this team has and they're still going to be very competitive. Uh, I mean, the sky's the limit for them. Uh, and I think seven is probably too much. Uh, Steelers, they had some drives last week. Uh, you know, Juju looked good, but overall it was – I don't know. It was underwhelming against the Giants' defense. That I don't know. They're they're really not that good with all those weapons. Uh, Dante Johnson not a very good showing. I mean, you can't expect him to muff a pun and have a, have some of those drops that he had. But um, uh, this this again, it's Ben's in his. I think he's forty, pushing forty. I mean, it's it's just not it's not the same Steelers offense that even was two years ago. So buying low on them and, you know, kind of, kind of buying high on uh, the donkeys here. Chris, what's your take on this one? What's your level of interest in this for the contest? I think, uh, I think it's one that, that could be played too. Um, Denver, a lot of people are going to look at the final score and say, man, the Broncos only scored, you know, what? 14 points or whatever it was and say that there's no way they're going to be able to move the ball or do anything against a really strong, you know, everyone look, got to think about those games that are in prime time that everybody was watching. Everybody saw Steelers look really good, you know, right before they saw the Broncos look not so good and they might be real quick to lay those points. So, I mean, yeah, it's a take the seven or, or no play with this, especially with everybody all over the the Steelers for me. Steelers a little banged up on the offensive line. Uh, the question is going to be, can Denver control this game on the ground a little bit, convert on third downs to keep Ben on the sideline and keep him from getting in a rhythm? Because once – I mean, the Steelers kind of just plotted along in that game against the Giants. It wasn't until later in the game when – the Giants couldn't get off the field on third down that Ben kind of got in a rhythm and was able to move the Steelers offense down the field and they end up covering that game pretty easily. So 
definitely considering the dog here getting the seven. Um, so that's another one we may take a real strong look at. Another dog getting close to seven is your Washington football team, Chris, coming off the big upset win over the Eagles. The Cardinals coming over the big upset win over the Niners. But we seem to be leaning towards the favorite here. What makes you really wanting or really interested to fade this Washington team? I think it's going to be tough for them. They played a really banged up uh, Eagles team, and they, they capitalized, obviously, the first half. They had a tough time, and then they figured it out and just dominated the whole second half. Cardinals had a tough test, um, you know, with the Niners last week and, and came through pretty tough on the road, and now they get to come home and, and face the football team. And uh, it looks like they're a little – people will probably see what they did against the Eagles and think that uh, they're going to hang tough, but cards are tough and uh, super mobile quarterback, ton of weapons on offense. And uh, I think Kmart mentioned early this week that uh, that Cardinals D is, is a lot tougher than people think, especially holding uh, the Niners, even though they're a little banged up on the offense with Kittle and, and some of their wide receivers to just 20 points last week. Kmart, what's your take on this one? We we got a real good look at these Arizona Cardinals against our Niners last week. Uh, this is a different role for them, though, laying the six and a half at home. How much do you like do you like this one enough to make it a possible contest play? Yeah, you know, at first I was kind of probably was overreacting to the Redskins, and then as I dug in that game a little bit more, uh, you know, we all know they're down seventeen nothing. We wrote the elation of them coming back, hitting the money line, hitting the cover for a contest. But when you look at it deeper, I mean, all their scores were off of turnovers. Uh, their touchdown drives were forty, like two of them were around forty-five yards. Another was twenty-five yards or so. They added two field goals. So, I mean, you got to tip their hat. You know, when they have the opportunities, they they punched it in. Uh, you know, to make that comeback uh, possibility, but they're just not a team that's going to go down the field 80, 70 yards to beat you. Um, Kyler Murray, he, he doesn't turn the ball over much. I do think this Washington defensive line is better equipped to contain him in the pocket. But when you have Drake, Edmonds, Hopkins, uh, they got Christian Kirk as well. I'm forgetting another receiver. Forgive me, but uh, – I think this game has blowout potential and I'm, I'm very high on the Cardinals. Uh, there's, there was no overreaction in this line. It was look ahead was I think six, six and a half. So, um, you know, it pretty much stayed the same, even with, even with the Redskins uh, victory. So um, I'm high on this, I'm high on this game. And uh, I know it's going to be um, at least in one of our contest plays. Yeah, Chris, you can't really play the overreaction angle on this one because both teams won and came off upset victories when they were catching five and a half in the Washington's case and then catching the six and a half in Arizona's case. So we'll take a real close look at this one too. Yep, absolutely. Okay, next one. And I think you guys are kind of split on this, or at least I'm split on this with Chris, I think. The opening of the death star in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I, Chris, I like, oh, I, I almost said Oakland. I like the Raiders here. 
Vegas, baby. I just was not that impressed with New. I know New Orleans looked like they covered easy because of the final score, but Tampa Bay gifted them so many points with the pick six and the muffed kickoff and made it really easy for the Saints to rack up points, and they did, so credit to them. But I was not that impressed with Drew Brees. He did not throw downfield at all. I think it's going to make it easier to defend this team. And they're missing the guy that unlocks that whole passing game. I mean, Michael Thomas, we haven't seen the Saints offense without Michael Thomas on the field. We don't know how that's going to affect Drew. And, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is nice. Like, at the stage of his career, he's not going to be able to be a number one and take over a game. I would look to Jared Cook to probably be the one who scores for the Saints in this one. Um, Alvin Kamara did not do shit on the ground last week. Shocker. Like, I, I'm impressed with the Raiders. Yeah, they played the Panthers in their terrible defense, but they have an absolute elite running back, a very good offensive line that can neutralize that Saints run defense a little bit. I see no reason that the Raiders can't hang in this game. And so give me your Derek Carr counter. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I, I would say is to counter would be maybe everyone's on that same page saying, hey, I don't think the Saints played that well against a Bucks team that's a new team that, you know, Tom Brady, they're not they're not fluid yet. They didn't perform well, so they got that easily, and that's why they cover it. And then they go, oh, the Raiders put up 34 against, you know, what we know, you know, a rookie coach and a, a very lackluster Carolina D. And so, you know, I know that uh, a lot of people might see the home dog as juicy. And, you know, no one loves home dogs more than I do. I'm just saying maybe there's a little value. Maybe this should be a little higher. I mean, you're telling me the Saints can't go beat uh, the Raiders with the, the very poor D that let – I think Carolina outgained them on the ground and on the, in the air. I think they out yarded them um, in the game. Obviously, the, the score didn't show it. So you're telling me the Saints can't bounce back from last week and uh, play a team that is obviously has a way worse D than the Bucks. I think this uh, Lombardi and a lot of people are saying that this Bucks D is tougher than people realize. And so uh, that's just why I think it's a little harder than we think. Well, you had 65 to 70% on the Raiders, you square. Or on the Saints, my bad. Yeah, you're an idiot. Hey, Suck it. Hey, let me, let me have my square of the week, okay? <laughs> hey, Mar, what's your take on this one? How much are you interested in this for the contest? Yeah, you know, and I mean, squares are going to have their uh, have their days here in uh, no fan uh, NFL season, but – I, I side with Matt here. Um, I know Carolina doesn't have a defense, but Jacobs looked good. Ruggs for his first NFL game looked very good. Uh, has the head speed, 4-3. That, he's just a burner. Carr looked composed. Um, you know, able, able to get a double-digit lead, see it fall away, and still lead his team down the field for uh, the game-winning drive. Um, defense isn't very good, but I think this is the week to get the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I wish there were fans because I mean, it, this would be I'm crazy. Sure the atmosphere in Vegas is going to be electric. Uh, it's just can that team channel that? Um, for these fans that have been probably waiting for this for 20 years, this has just been years in the making. 
Um, no Michael Thomas. I think that favors that Raiders defense because, as Matt was saying, Jared Cook's probably going to be the target. He had 80 of their 160 passing yards last week. Kamara, I think everyone fell in love with what he did as a rookie, but I don't think I don't think that player's coming back anytime soon. Um, I think what happened last week is going to be a normal thing for him. I'm not high on him. Um, NFL players need meat. Yeah, yeah, these vegans, man. I, I, I hope Newton can make it through the season, but he won't. Uh, he better be drinking raw milk at least. Organic pastures. Let's go. Um, but yeah, I think Raiders plus five and a half is the play, and that's more of a buffer because I, I actually like the Raiders to uh, win this game outright. A couple other games that we're definitely considering, um, and we won't get into too much detail here because these are pretty obvious and they're very square, but you know what? We think there's going to be, we think there's a current discount on teams like Kansas city, Baltimore. In a few weeks, you're going to see these teams lay in 10, 10 and a half. Uh, We're playing the chiefs at eight and a half. There, there's absolutely no way or very little way that Tyrod Taylor's Los Angeles chargers of San Diego are going to be able to match scores with Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, especially with Pouncey out now. That's yeah. That's devastating. There's, that, that went from maybe a potential backdoor to this is going to be a 21-point blowout. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the, the Chiefs own the division, and this is the squarest handicap you will ever hear me say, but the Chiefs should run away with this one by double digits, and everyone's going to have it in the contest, but we don't care. I feel like it's that much of a gimme. Uh, we are also consider. I mean, you have to consider Baltimore. They also have blowout potential over anybody in the league. I don't care that Houston has a couple extra days to get rid of Baltimore. You know what Baltimore is going to do. They're going to run a, an elite offense with Lamar Jackson in a running game, and they're just going to be better at everyone else, at, better than everyone else at it. So um, maybe Watson backdoors this, and maybe this is a look-ahead spot for Baltimore because they do host Kansas City next week. Uh, I don't know. You just have to strongly consider Baltimore. Do not take Houston thinking you're a sharp and you're going to get a home dog. You just don't fade Baltimore. That's what you thought last week. Too. Yeah. Yeah. People took, I mean, the, the Chris, the Browns were a consensus play last week in the contest against Lamar Jackson. What are people doing? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why my favorite phrase recently has been, uh, you know, you can't think one way a lot of us like to just think one way sharp that's why we love we say Kmart loves to hammer when you see value on the square phase and we like to to ride it because those win too and we got to be malleable that's my phrase and that's why I will stop you watching know, Sesame Street bro <laughs> is that Seth? yeah hey go back <laughs> to your childhood early 90s mid 90s be malleable and, you know, take the ones that are going to win and um, I'll side with you guys. And we're going to find the sharp ones that are going to that have value. And we'll find the favorites that have value. And, uh, you know, if you guys think the Raiders are a sharp one, I'm going to ride with it. And, uh, you know, I'll question a little bit on the Texans just because, uh, like we said, you know, you're telling me that the Texans can't be down, you know, 10 late and, and hit a touchdown and lose by three. Of, of course they can. Uh, uh, I'm always down to fade the Chargers, though, and uh, I think we all like the Chiefs on that one. 
couple other ones that you just have to consider. I mean, San Francisco is really banged up, but uh, this contest line only six and a half is a joke to me. I mean, this New York Jets team, people are talking about the Jaguars tanking. Um, people are talking about the, you know, Washington, Miami, Cincinnati teams like that still being bad. I don't think it's crazy to think that the Jets might be the worst team in the NFL this year. I mean, that offensive line is going to need time to gel. It's a whole bunch of new starters. They got absolutely nobody at wide receiver. I mean, the guy they drafted, Mims, is out. Crowder's got a hammy. It's Brashad Perriman and Chris Herndon. Like, ooh, I'm scared of that. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's out. So now they're starting Frank Gore at running back. Kyle, Frank Gore would have been good to start at running back 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, come on. So, and I know the Niners are walking wounded, but off a loss, this just seems like a smash spot for them to completely run away from this Jets team that is going to be completely overmatched. I mean, you look at matchup edges, that D-line versus this Jets offensive line. I mean, the Jets, honestly, that that final score against the Bills was probably a little bit generous to the Jets. They had that one play where Crowder took a, a short pass to the house, and that was kind of a broken defensive lapse there by Buffalo. So, I mean, the Niners have to be in consideration. And then another one is Buffalo. I mean – I personally don't think this Buffalo team is like one of the best teams in the AFC. I think Josh Allen is a little bit reckless, but he does have a history of absolutely running all over Miami. It's down in the humidity in Florida. So I'm not crazy about laying it. Uh, Chris, I know you would probably say that Fitzmagic is probably one of those guys that can get the ball late like Joe Burrow did tonight and backdoor spread, but it seems like another one where Buffalo just is going to overmatch Miami and that's certainly possible. So I know those are four quick ones, but we are considering those favorites just because they're in, in our opinion, pretty good spots. And I mean, those are my darling. Yeah. Yeah. Kmart loves bills. So I'm not quite there yet, but we're, we are considering it last game. I want to talk about, um, and I'm going to put an asterisk next to this one because if things go right, with a couple key injuries, and this is an autoplay. Chris, the biggest overreaction of the week in terms of line movement has been the Rams going from a dog to a favorite, even down to a pick Everybody in the world has bailed on the Philadelphia Eagles after they lost uh, a pretty bad loss of 17 nothing and the losing outright to Washington. Uh, this seems like a huge value play on the Eagles. Um, how much do you like this one? Yeah, absolutely. Just like everyone wants to jump on the Vikings after they lost, uh, everyone wants to see what they saw last week with the Rams and think they have, which they did. They controlled the game, but they didn't, you know, win too handily. Like they should have probably won by 10 or 13, but, uh, you know, they had a missed field goal and then they let the Cowboys right back in it and got a lucky cover. But uh, everyone's going to think they just absolutely dominated. And like you said, they're they saw the Eagles play like shit in the second half, and they're going to want to jump. And uh, we saw a huge line move. So, yeah, you could have been originally laying two or three with the Eagles, and now all you got to do is win because uh, the contest lines will pick them. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a snap call. Our boy Lombardi, you know, likes it, uh, thinks it's overreaction 101. We know you got to look at a lot of times – you got to look at these win totals for teams. The Rams win total was about eight, eight and a half, which means they figure Vegas figures they're going to go about 500 this year. They got a big win that they maybe shouldn't have against the Cowboys. They'll probably regress. 
probably go eight and eight, nine and seven. So you got to think that they're going to go and uh, have a tough game against Philly this week. Yeah, but my one asterisk would be now Lane Johnson was full practice yesterday, downgraded the limited practice today. So that is concerning. They need him. Uh, they're going up against Aaron Donald and that offensive line is going to need all the help it can get. So we want to make sure that Lane's going to be in there. The splits with him versus without him are not good for Philadelphia. So if I see Lane Johnson uh, not practicing tomorrow or, or there's any kind of concern, I reserve the right to get off this, but there are a lot of signs pointing to this one being an auto play. So uh, Kmart, Kmart would agree, but he's on the toilet right now. Uh, not joking. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, just couldn't wait you know and Chris when you gotta go you gotta go <laughs> yeah for sure good point I think they said that with Lane in there it's just remarkable how much better they are so yeah we'll keep an eye on that and make sure he's in so that we can play them and then probably stay away if he's out because uh, the Rams D-line might be able to do what the Redskins D-line did last week so well, that's it. I mean, we we will definitely tweet out our plays that, that at least gives all the listeners some thoughts on how we're leaning. And uh, we don't have our five nailed down yet, but we did go through some of the games that we're heavily considering and we'll come up with five winners, I have no doubt. So we're going to call it a pod. That was a good NFL week two preview. Chris, uh, thanks for getting in there with us and we'll figure it out over the next couple of days, buddy boy. Absolutely. Sounds good. I'd love it. Fade is going to be giving out winners all year. If you don't follow us yet, at Fade Sports on Twitter. Oh, we love it. We've been doing great. We've got a guy that we fade named Dennis, and uh, it's we're just getting in the thick of it. Football is his worst sport. We love it. We can't wait for Saturday and Sunday for him to hammer these uh, overreaction lines. And uh, he's already texting us about the Rams and about some more people that uh, he wants to take that he saw from week one, and it's classic, so we're going to fade him. There it is. All right, my name is Matthew James for Chris Duke for Kmart over uh, in my toilet. Hopefully he's okay in there. We'll catch you guys later. Later. Oh, man, he can't do the noise. He can't do the noise. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs>